Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Uh-oh, what happens if you're traveling or living abroad and you're not having a good time? What should you do? What about if you have a pet that you love that you don't want to leave behind, but you still want to travel long-term or full-time? What should you do? What if you want to go location-independent, but you don't think your experience can allow you to create a business that you can run from anywhere? What should you do? What should you do? I'm going to answer these questions and much more today in the show. These are questions from you. It's a listener questions episode. Thanks for tuning in and... Welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, spending a little time with me, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. I'm answering your burning questions today, a few of your burning questions, and it's been a while since I've recorded a listener questions episode. I don't know why, and I feel compelled to record these because sometimes I get these questions and I know there are other people out there that want to know some thoughts around this or get some perspectives or ideas, and just sharing this can help others. So I really appreciate when people write questions in because then it goes into my folder for listener questions episodes, and I can do more of them if you would like. And if you have a question, you can always email me, jason at zero to travel.com and just type listener question in the subject header. It's that simple. And maybe I'll answer your question on the podcast. And maybe I'll do more of these. And maybe if I get enough questions that I think are going to help a lot of people, then I'll record more of these. And just by asking, you might be helping others in this community as well. Speaking of which, thank you for being a part of this global community, the Zero to Travel Caravan, you wonderful, beautiful soul, you. And you are joining many, many thousands of people from around the world listening to this show right now. And thanks to everybody who's been subscribed for a while. And if you're new, you should subscribe. Hang out with us. We got a ton of information in the archives to help you travel the world on your terms. And I've got a lot to cover today. Before I get into it, I just want to say thanks to Pimsler for supporting today's show. What is Pimsler? It's simply the best way to learn a language on the go. If you want to learn a language, if you want to level up your current language skills, if you want to hang with locals and learn a few phrases or words, just get some minimal skills just so you can chat with people and meet more people. Go to zerototravel.com slash easy. If you're based in the States, you'll get a chance to get a free seven-day trial to Pimsleur's monthly subscription service where you can get audio lessons for any language you want to learn. So instead of having to spend hundreds of dollars to get all of these language lessons, you can get them all for one low monthly price, kind of like a Netflix type thing. And you can blow through them or you can learn at your own pace. And it's simply my favorite way to learn a language on the go. So if you like listening to podcasts, if you like learning on the go and consuming knowledge on the go, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you do, and you want to learn a language, 
Go to zerototravel.com slash easy by going through that link. You'll also be supporting this show. And I've been a big fan of the Pimsleur audio courses for a long time. I just think they're so well-structured. I don't know. There's some scientific method behind it. I don't know how they do it. But I do know this is the same language learning method used by organizations like the FBI and the State Department. So yeah, it works. It really works. And you're speaking right away from that first lesson. ZeroToTravel.com slash easy. Thanks again to Pimsler for supporting today's show. And again, if you go through that link, you'll also be supporting this show. And at the very least, you can just get a free lesson and see what it's all about if you'd like. So thank you so much to them. And I think we should get into this because we've got a lot to cover. And even if you don't think the initial question applies to you, I hope you stick around because through my answers, I'm trying to just, again, offer different perspectives and advice and, and ideas that might apply to a different situation uh, for you. So I hope you stick around for this episode. And the first question came from Claire. She said, I'm originally from Sydney, Australia, and I'm finishing up my semester abroad in Oslo, Norway. Woohoo. I was just wondering if you could share your insights and thoughts about places and travel not meeting expectations. While Oslo has become my second home, my main struggle these past few months has been comparing my exchange experience to those around me. It seems as though some people are just having the time of their lives and excited about everything while I am, although enjoying myself, more mellow and not as enthusiastic. Before coming here, everyone had hyped up exchange so much that I felt like something was wrong when those expectations were occasionally not met. Also, the fear of not being able to tell others that I'm having the best experience of my life, as silly as it sounds. Um, Also, just wondering if you had any fears or concerns about what other people thought. These fears and expectations were always hovering in the back of my mind, and I know that if I was able to shake them, I would probably be much happier. I guess I'm going through a bit of an identity crisis and not sure what to do with my future. I do want to live abroad, but at the same time, I'm afraid I'm leaving that Sydney bubble of comfort and stability. Any advice, thoughts, or opinions about this topic would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Claire. And there's a lot here, a lot to unpack. Yeah, I use the word unpack because it's a travel podcast. Why not? We're going to unpack this big question today. Uh, there are several things to address here, talking about expectations, worries about what other people might think of you, and the identity crisis she mentioned, which, by the way, I always thought would be a cool name for a punk band, Identity Crisis. That was my number one punk band name. If I was going to ever have a punk rock band, I was into a little bit in punk rock when I was a skater back in the day growing up. Total side note, let me get to the answer to this question. I have five different points I want to bring up to try to address all the things that Claire said in this email. And the first thing I want to talk about is expectations or having expectations when you travel. And I've talked about this a little bit on the show. And I just read a quote from Paramahansa Yogananda's guru, Sir Yukteswar, I know it sounds like a mouthful there. Paramahansa Yogananda wrote a book called The Autobiography of a Yogi that's been really influential to me. So I read a lot of his stuff. And he had a guru named Sir Yukteswar, excuse me. And he said, wrath springs only from thwarted desires, which basically means if you expect a particular outcome or have a certain desire and it's not met, then you can get mad, upset, hurt, angry. That's what happens. And this happens to us every day in our lives. If you think about when you get angry, it's usually, I don't want to say 100% of the time, but if you really dig deep, it's, it's often just because you expected something else and that didn't go right for you. And this, this is a normal thing. This is a normal thing that we deal with as human beings. And it's a good thing to be aware of because then you start the self-reflection and you think, okay, why am I angry here right now? Oh, okay, I'm pissed off because I wanted something this way and I didn't get it that way because this other person wanted it this way and I didn't get my way or whatever the case is. There's a million different scenarios. So the thing to do is not have any expectations and just take the experience for what it is. Is that hard to do? Sometimes, all the time, yes, yes, it's hard to do. This is another reason why I think travel is so valuable because it's something that travel teaches you over time, or at least something that it taught me. And when it comes to expectations, 
it's it's an odd thing. It's like when you go out on New Year's Eve, right? Or a big night like that where everything's supposed to be so awesome and epic. And it's just the expectation so high for a night like that that those aren't usually the best nights. The best day or night might be a spontaneous dance party that erupts in the middle of Walmart when you're laughing your ass off with your friends. And that was something that was completely unexpected that happened you know, one afternoon as opposed to something that was hyped up for months and that was supposed to be a big deal. That wasn't. And it's the same with travel. The best days don't always happen when you see the most epic thing that you're going to see on your trip. The best day might be the most unexpected things that happen along the way when you got invited to somebody's house for dinner or you just laid around the hostel or the hotel one day and only got dinner down the street and just had a really relaxing day and it was very nice. It doesn't have to be the day you rented the motorbike and took the grand adventure around the island because that was supposed to be your most adventurous day of the whole trip for whatever reason. Again, it comes back to having expectations, expecting a trip or an experience to give you something when really all it can give you is the experience itself and you take from that what you will in that moment in time, in that moment in your life based on how you're feeling, what you're thinking, who you are, maybe even how hungry you are. Maybe you miss a beautiful experience just because you're really hungry and and you're blinded to the fact that uh, something awesome is going on around you and you're just looking for food. And there's countless things that can happen, of course. So it's hard to define what an experience means to somebody based on where they're standing and who they are right in that moment. But you get the idea. If you're releasing expectations, then I think you're more open to having the experience and just taking from it whatever you take from it in that moment. And no, this is not an easy thing to do. I'm not trying to say, okay, just go out there and don't have any expectations ever. And yeah, it's all good. And you're going to be happy. And and that's just the way to live life. That's not possible. We're all human beings. But I wanted to bring it up because it's something to keep in mind. It's something to maybe experiment with. If you've found recently that you're angry about a lot of things, maybe it's because you have certain desires or a certain expectation and those things aren't going to be met. And they can never all be met because anything external to us is not in our control. We like to think things are in control. We like to think we control our own little universes and our own world here, but we don't have much control over anything really when it comes down to it. So release expectations and you won't have that problem of being let down or feeling let down because you're just going to take the experience for what it is. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. The second thing is when you're living abroad, at a certain point, you're just living life. You're not traveling and life has regular ups and downs. So don't beat yourself up if you're not feeling so great about things. And if other people around you are feeling great about things, good for them. Glad they're having a good time. But it doesn't always work for everybody that way. And just go easy on yourself. That would be the one overarching piece of advice I would give for this question, all of these questions, or just life in general. Go easy on yourself. And that's something I always struggle with as well. And something I like to bring up because I need to remind myself to do that. Be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Treat yourself like you would your best friend. You know, sometimes we yell at ourselves in our head and we beat ourselves up for something like this. Like, hey, I'm not having a good enough time. All these people are having a good time. Not something to beat yourself up about because life has its ups and downs. And even if you're in a remote place and it's paradise and all that and you don't feel great that day for whatever reason, well, hey, that's just the way life goes sometimes. So don't beat yourself up. Just try to do what you do when you have a down day and you're at home. Or just pick yourself up and get out and do something different. Or one really great piece of advice I got from a therapist way back uh, in the day when I was having a tough time with things with a certain breakup and all the stuff was going on. I was getting off the road. I just wasn't sure where my life was going at that point. And she said, you know, it's okay to be sad and to be hurt and to express your feelings and, and emotions. In fact, you need to give yourself space to do that. But she said, then put a cap on it. You know, if you're really sad every day you wake up and you're having a hard time, 
give yourself 30 minutes, 45 minutes to be totally sad, cry, bang onto the pillow, whatever it is that you're going through you need to do. And then after that, put a cap on it and go about your day. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be sad at all anymore. It just means that you should try to move on with your day and go with it the best you can instead of just dragging that deep sadness with you throughout the day. So I thought that was a really great piece of advice as well. We're all just doing our best. You're doing your best. And don't beat yourself up if you're not having a great day and you're out on the road. It's okay. Uh, Third point I want to bring up, you maybe just don't enjoy the place or the people that are around you as much as you thought you would. And that's okay. That's okay too. You should give yourself permission to do that. Maybe you end up in a place that hey, I'm I'm not really vibing this place or this isn't my favorite city for whatever reason. I'm not saying close off to it or don't be open to finding the best out of it, but maybe it's just not your place for whatever reason in that moment in time. Or in Claire's case, maybe you're surrounded by people as part of this program that aren't your favorite type of people and you've had a hard time connecting and finding your peeps. And that can be a bummer too. And then you need to break out and try to find your own peeps. And I'm a big fan of taking control of your own life. You don't want to just sit back and passively accept the situation and say, okay, this city sucks. All these people suck. I'm just going to be here and be miserable. Well, if you don't like the people and you don't like the city, if you're traveling, you can go to another city and meet new people. Or if you're living abroad, find something that you love about the city. Find things that you can love about the city. It took me a long time to get used to living in Oslo and to enjoy this city. I really had to dig deep to find the parts of it that I liked. And once I started exploring more and opening up, I really found that as the city is growing and I'm growing as a person with the city, I'm loving it more and more and really enjoying my life here. And it took a long time to do that. It did not happen instantaneously. For those of you listening for the first time, I'm based in Oslo, Norway, for the most part. And this is a, this is something I think that's important to do is take control of the situation. As I mentioned just a little bit earlier, you can't have total control of things because things are to an extent out of our control, but you can control your own actions. And if you're not liking the people you're around, go get around some people that you like. Join a community, start a meetup. There are many things you can do. Go to a couch surfing meetup in that city and meet other travelers do something else. Just get around people that you enjoy and find things about cities and places that you can enjoy while you're there because there's no point in being somewhere and just being miserable. And if you really hate it and you can't find the joy anywhere, go somewhere else or go home. I, I don't know. You you can still take control in that way. But give it a chance. Don't just, I wouldn't say rush home because it's okay to feel uncomfortable when you're traveling. That's when you learn and grow as a person. Everything shouldn't be I shouldn't say everything shouldn't be hunky-dory all the time. When I Hunky-dory is a funny word, isn't it? When I first backpacked through Europe, I was feeling high the entire two months I was backpacking. I, I don't ever felt like I had a down day. Everything just felt so great, and it was that way, and it was just a magical time. That's the level of extended, buzzy happiness that I experienced for so long and so many days. I don't know if that's ever happened again on any other long trips, just because it was a special time in life and I really can't describe it. But certainly I've had experiences when I was living on the road for over 10 years where you're just living your life and you're having down days, like I said before. So if you're not around people you like, just get around people you like. Go do something you like for yourself. Maybe that's just an activity. Maybe you don't like the city, but you love going to play pool or sitting in a park and reading. Well, you can do that anywhere. Go sit in a park and read and do an activity that you enjoy. There are a lot of things you can do. Uh, But if you just, in the end, don't enjoy the place or the people, like I said, just leave or get around other people, whatever, and and give yourself permission for that. And that's okay. The fourth thing I want to bring up is what Claire talked about when it comes to what other people think about you. And this is another natural human instinct to care and some of us care too much about what other people think. It took me a while to put myself out there in this way uh, in terms of the podcast because, yeah, it stings when you get a review and it's not very nice or people email you and say something that's not nice. And I should say that 
98, 99% of the things that I get are positive and it's great feedback and it's encouraging and it talks about how, say, my work has helped somebody and those are the best things to get. But of course, when you put yourself out there and you do anything in a semi-public way or whatever you want to call this, I'm using the podcast as an example, you're going to get negative feedback and you have to have thick skin. And as you go through life, whether you're putting yourself out there in a really big way or you just are going to work and interacting with your colleagues or you're just living in a town and going through life, it it doesn't matter because you're going to have people that don't like you for whatever reason or don't like something you say or don't like something you do. And Abraham Maslow, if you don't know who he is, he created the hierarchy of needs for humans. It starts at the bottom with the basics, breathing, food, water, sex, sleep, and excretion, all this stuff. And then the next level, safety, securement of body, employment, resources, morality, the family, health, property, and then you have love, friendships, family, sexual intimacy, esteem, self-esteem, confidence, achievement, respect of others, respect by others, and at the top, self-actualization, morality, creativity, spontaneity, problem-solving, lack of prejudice, acceptance of facts. And I'm reading this from the Wikipedia page in the hierarchy of needs. So those are the those are the levels and what he said relating to self-actualization, the highest level is that a self-actualized individual should be, quote, independent of the good opinion of others, end quote. And one of my favorite authors, Wayne Dyer, who's no longer on this earth, but he wrote a great book called The Power of Intention. You might want to read that if you're interested in, I don't want to say spirituality, but if you're if you're open-minded to the fact that maybe the universe conspires with you on certain things. If that's something that you're open to, you might enjoy The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. I've really loved listening to that book. I've listened to it a few times, an audiobook. He said something along the lines of, if you walk into a room with 100 people, then you're going to have 100 different opinions about you. You can't control people's opinions about you. It's just not possible. People are going to think what they're going to think. And you can't control that. So don't worry about what other people think. And that might sound like a platitude. Don't worry about what other people think, but don't worry about what other people think. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. If you need a reason why, it's because you can't control what they think or how they perceive you, and you will never be able to control that. You can't. So if people don't like you for whatever reason, it's just one of those things. You gotta be you. You got to get over it. And this is another thing I think travel teaches you. You have to put yourself out there so much and you have to do a lot of stupid things sometimes when you're traveling or things, I shouldn't say stupid things, but things that might make you feel stupid. Like if you're shopping in a store and you don't know what a product is that you need and it might be obvious to the person there because they speak the language, but you have to ask somebody, is this the toothpaste or am I buying butt cream? (laughs) (laughs) who knows there's a million and one things that happen when you're traveling and you're going to be in situations where you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing and maybe get embarrassed but then you just get used to the fact that hey whatever this is embarrassing i'm not embarrassed anymore because i'm rarely embarrassed because it's just i'm just doing the best I can. And if somebody wants to judge me because I'm not sure about something, then that's cool. I actually did something really funny the other day. I went to a midsummer's party here in Norway and it was a it's a Swedish holiday, but Norwegians celebrated too, but there were a lot of Swedes there and they wear these flowers in their hair. And one woman had these cool flowers that I guess she could turn on. They were electric and they would light up and they were making all these lights. So I said that those were nice hodelis, and that just means headlights, lights on your head. And instead I said hordelis, which means, I didn't know, means whore lights. So like if you're in the red light district and looking for hookers or something, of course I didn't mean to do that. This is what happens when you learn another language. You're going to say something stupid and nobody was mad or anything. They know I don't speak. I'm not a native Norwegian speaker. So these things happen, but I have to keep practicing and speaking the language and it's okay to make mistakes. It's a good example of 
just whatever. If somebody thinks, oh, he's an idiot, he's been living here two and a half years, he still can't pronounce that word, well, hey, I can't control what somebody thinks, whatever. Neither can you, my friend, so don't worry about it. The last thing I want to bring up related to this question is if you don't like traveling or living abroad as much as you thought, that's okay too. Everyone has different hobbies and interests and ways they want to live. And I think one of the best things that people can do is do the things that they want to do that they feel like they want to try. Because at the very least, if you don't like it, at least you know you don't like that thing. You don't feel like you're missing out. So if you think I'm going to love traveling and you go on a three-month trip and you just don't like it that much and you like to be home, well, you did it. And you know, I like shorter trips. And at least you know then that you don't like that experience as much as you thought you would. And it's not something you need to do all the time. Perfect. Now you don't have to spend the rest of your life worrying about, oh, I didn't do this thing. I never tried this thing and now I regret it. Well, do the things you want to do and then you know if you like them and if you don't. And knowing that you don't like it is just as valuable as knowing that you like it. So in the immortal words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. Thanks for your question, Claire. Okay, next question is from Amy. Amy said, hey, Jason, I discovered your podcast website a few months ago and gotten so much out of them. They're inspiring and helpful, and your passion for travel is infectious. Thank you, Amy. I turned 30 last year, and my 57 years young mom happens to be my favorite travel buddy. We've taken many trips together, the longest so far being only about two and a half weeks, and love staying in hostels with one small backpack each. About a year and a half ago, we decided that we want to travel long-term together while she is still young and healthy. We have money saved and a plan to buy one-way tickets somewhere and use work exchanges to keep our costs down and build a sustainable life on the road. That is so sweet. I love that you're planning a trip with your mom in that way. It's very, uh, very great thing to do. I think, especially like you said, if your mom's still healthy and you guys love traveling together. Perfect. Anyway, she goes on to say, I know we're incredibly lucky to be in this position, but there are still some mental obstacles affecting our ability to make plans for this trip. We live in Los Angeles together in a rent control department that we love, but since housing is so expensive here, it only makes sense to give up our belongings and move out. It's hard to leave such a comfortable life in a beautiful city, but the call of places around the globe is so strong and we can't ignore the possibilities out there. However, the biggest stumbling block I can't seem to get past is that we have an amazing cat who is truly a member of the family. I'm sure to some people it sounds crazy to put off a trip because of a pet, but when we adopted her, we intended it to be for her entire life and leaving her feels like abandonment. I don't have any close friends or family that can adopt her, so it would likely mean trying to find a new home with a stranger. I've written this email in my head so many times, but never followed through with sending it because it seems like a stupid question. But in your podcast, you always say you want to hear from your listeners. And I'm hoping you might have some words of advice for me. Cutting to the end here, she said, do you have any ideas for how to come to terms with rehoming my cat and giving up an apartment I love so I can start planning this trip? Thank you for this question, Amy. Of course, it's not a stupid question. There is no such thing as stupid questions. And I really mean that. I appreciate that you went ahead and wrote me this email anyway. And she did also mention this email, they had a terrible car accident. And this was a really good reminder about these plans and that they need to do what they love to do. And I think that's great motivation because if you've had an experience like that or whatever that version of that experience is for you, if you have a job you hate and you just can't stand going to or whatever is going to be the thing that motivates you the most to move forward with your trip plans. Identifying that one thing that's your why, maybe it's your travel why, uh, why do you want to travel, answering that question, but also what is the the thing you're currently doing or the part of your life that's motivating you to to change and to take a trip and just reminding yourself of that daily and knowing, okay, even when it gets hard. Oh, yes, I'm doing this because, you know, in Amy's case, well, I don't know how long my mom's going to be healthy and we're all getting older and we had this terrible car accident and anything can happen. So, yes, let's keep moving forward. I got to do this. I got to do this. And there's your motivation. Find your motivation when it comes to rehoming your cat. It sounds to me like you're 100% committed to travel and that is what it takes. And as long as you're truly committed 
I think you'll keep working and you will not stop until you find a solution to the cat quote problem that you feel comfortable with. And you'll know it when it happens. I'm really sure of that. And I would just start putting things out there as you're planning the trip. You mentioned getting rid of your apartment so you can start planning the trip. I think you should plan the trip now and move forward and book a ticket and lock it in. And then things really move quickly. And even if that trip is six months down the road, well, now you have a deadline and you got to solve these problems and make these things happen because these are really easy things to put off, right? It's hard to give up your rent control apartment. It's hard to let go of your cat when you don't know where you're going to put him or her. It's hard to do a lot of these things. And that's why a lot of people don't end up traveling because it's just easier to stay where you're at oftentimes. It just is. And you have to make big changes and answer big questions and sometimes handle big logistical problems just to get out on the road. But you know what? It sounds like this is what you really want. And if it's something you really want, anything's possible. And oftentimes, I think it's the way you put it out there. And if you are looking for somebody to watch your cat and you say you put an ad out there for a pet sitter, or you maybe you want to do some trade work where you do something for them and they're going to watch your cat for six months or whatever. You might think, oh, well, it's going to be a stranger. I'm not going to know them. But you know, if you put something out there, say an ad on Craigslist or whatever, and you do it the right way where you talk about your honest feelings for your cat and your trip and like everything, your story, everything that's going on, you might just find that you're going to attract the exact right person that you would want. But you just don't know until you start putting things out there and you have to put things out there to find real options for your cat or insert whatever problem it is if you're listening to this. Maybe you don't have a cat. Maybe it's another type of pet or maybe it's some other thing that's totally non-animal related. But you can't get solutions to these types of logistical problems until you start putting it out there in some way and actually trying to solve the problem. And when it comes to giving up your apartment, again, this is going to come back to your main motivating force is what I would call it. What's your What's your travel why? Why do you want to do this? Write that down, put it in front of you, remind yourself of that. And life is short and you don't know how long, we never know how long we're going to be here. And reminding ourselves of that is something everybody can do because we're all going to die. Hey, hey, newsflash, dude, dudette, you're going to die. You're going to die one day. And we don't know when that is. A lot of people die When they're young, you're young, you think, well, I'm not going to die for a while. You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know when you're going to die. I don't know when I'm going to die. Not everybody lives till they're 85. It's just a fact. I'm not being a bummer. It's just, we should, it's true. You can laugh about it. Have a good time with it. Whatever. (laughs) Laugh in the face of death. I'm going to die. You're going to die. We're all going to (laughs) die. So better move on. And get some of those things done that you want to do because if there's one thing you need to motivate yourself and you don't have something else to motivate you that much, then think about your impending doom. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Think about it in a positive way. Use it as motivation because it's okay. That is the way life works. Okay, let's move on to the next question coming from Karen who said, I'm a 43-year-old happily married mother of four, and I love to travel. We will be empty nesters in seven years when I turn 50. We cannot afford to retire that early. We do own a couple homes that could be liquidated at that time if we want slash need to. I'm a sun seeker and love Europe, however, have only had the opportunity to visit Barcelona thus far. I was a young, poor single mom at 17. I only have a grade 12 education, but now a half-decent career. I have a loans and collections background. My question, I see a lot of digital nomad opportunities, but most seem to be for younger people or people that are bloggers or similar. Neither apply to me. Have you come across insight for the quote older nomad that still needs to earn an income, but has a background in loans and collections? Any information you can provide would be greatly appreciated. Keep up the great work. I can't speak to the loans and collections industry because I don't know it. I'm not going to say I know it. What I can speak to is the fact that when you go online, you can see just about every type of product or service being offered in every industry. 
And if you can find a way to take your current skill set or knowledge and turn it into a freelancing career, that's the fastest way to go location independent. It's not the thing that everybody wants to do long term, trading time for money. But if you can identify a certain set of skills that you have, your experience in the finance department, collections, loans, maybe there's a way that you can consult and help get people out of debt because you have this insider knowledge on how collections work. Maybe you write a newsletter that teaches people how collections work and how to handle it in the right way without damaging their credit. I don't know what it is. I don't know that industry, but I would suggest getting a sheet of paper, writing down and just having an hour with a cup of coffee and just brain dump and write down all the skills that you have or that you've acquired in your career and in your personal life. And don't judge them. Just throw them up on a piece of paper and don't think about it too much. Don't think, I don't have skills. I don't, you, everybody has skills. They do. They do. Even the people that don't think they do, when you get down to the nitty gritty, you do as long as you just don't judge yourself on what those might be. And write down any little thing. If you can rock an Excel spreadsheet like no other, write down Excel spreadsheets. If you're really organized, write down that you're organized. And that's a skill. Not everybody's organized. There are all these things that people don't think are skills that are. So that's a great place to start. Uh, Another thing you can do is take a look at modeling. And that's just a simple premise of once you identify a skill or something that you might want to offer that people can pay you for, then take a look at somebody else that's really successful that you resonate with that's offering that product or service. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can just say, hey, this person's doing this well. They're doing it successfully. You can go on their website. You can see what they charge. You can even strike up a conversation with them if, if you want to ask them. A lot of people are helpful. And you can say, hey, I'm trying to get into this. Uh, I would love your advice. Whatever. can't hurt to reach out. And you can just model what that person's doing. It doesn't mean copy what they're doing. but just means use that as inspiration. You don't need to reinvent the wheel if somebody's doing something successfully. Well, why are you going to try to do it a totally different way? Just take what's working for somebody else and apply it in your own way with your own personality and your own twist. And really, if you go online, you see the amount of things being offered, you'll see that or you'll find that there are things you maybe haven't even thought of. So you could start doing some research around loans and collections and see what types of services and products people in that market are offering online. And you can get another list of ideas from that and call this, uh, call this list income ideas, income generation ideas. And you can do another brain dump and write down all the ideas that you have for generating income. And you don't have a business unless you have a product or service to sell that people give you money for. So it's really a few simple steps in theory. And then it's just a matter of taking an action and actually putting yourself out there. But it's identifying a skill that you have that you want to offer. And in this case, maybe it's a service or if you want to create a product, but a service is an easier thing to do. And then you have to then put that service out there and create an offer. And then you have to find customers. And then you find your first customer and they pay you and you do a job for them. That's the way business works. It's a really simple process in theory and it's not always easy to do in practice, of course, which is why not everybody does it, but those are the steps. That's how you create a business. You come up with an idea, you come up with something to offer, you put an offer out there, you get somebody to pay you, and you deliver that product or service. That's it. Uh, Bonus tip here, you could use existing platforms if you don't want to launch your own website. Then, for example, let's say you, you sell or you create paintings, Uh, world map paintings and you want to sell them instead of setting up your own website and going through all that you could go to a website like etsy etsy etsy.com and set up a shop there and sell your paintings there and that's for handicrafts and arts and that's what etsy does they allow you to start your own shop on their website and then they just take a percentage of all the sales then you don't have to have your own website you have your shop on etsy that's just one example of many examples online where you can go to an existing platform and put yourself on there and try to get some business through that without having to set up your own website. So this could be a whole other podcast, but there's some general advice on that. Now, let me address some of these other things, this idea of 
being an older nomad, there are no rules to how old or how young anybody needs to be for anything. That's a limiting belief. It is. I'm an older guy. I'll still stay in hostels. Maybe I'm the oldest guy in the hostel sometimes. I don't really care. I don't care what people think. I like meeting people. I like being in the hostel environment. It doesn't really matter to me. Sometimes I go into hostels and there are people that are 20 years older than me. Whatever. Who cares? There's no rule. It's not a, a, maybe there are some rules. And if there's a youth hostel out there where you're only allowed to be in if you're under 25 or something, I don't know of it. But you know what? It doesn't matter. And when it comes to being nomadic or being a digital nomad or whatever, the only rules that apply are the rules that you apply to yourself, right? You make your own rules and thinking you're too old for something is a limiting belief. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go down that rabbit hole. That's a good way to crush your dreams before they even begin. I just don't think that's a good way to think. And the last thing I want to share, if you're somebody listening and you still think, well, I still don't have any skills or I'm still not sure what I would sell if I wanted to do this nomad thing. Hey, what an exciting thing. You know why? Now you get to learn something that you've always wanted to learn and you can do that. So if you're like, hey, I've always wanted to learn how to do video editing. That would be really fun. Guess what? Take a class online or at your local community college or whatever, learn video editing, and then there you go. If you find you like it, you can now put yourself out there as an independent video editor and you can edit people's films for them. And maybe you won't be that good for a while. Maybe you don't charge as much because you're still learning. But whatever. You have to start somewhere. Everybody starts somewhere. It's like this mythology in entrepreneurship and starting your business that these people that are so successful you see online or wherever just came out of the womb knowing how to do all these things perfectly. They sucked for a while. Everybody sucks for a while at what they're doing. That's just the way it works when you start something. And give yourself permission to suck in the beginning and know that's okay. You have to suck for a little while to get better. And maybe you're an ultra talent and you'll come out of the gates and you'll be better than most people. And that's great too. That's a good feeling, but you can't count on it. You have to think, okay, if I'm going to start with video editing for that particular example, some of the videos I make in the beginning, maybe the first hundred aren't going to be that good. Or maybe 10 of them are good or half of them are good. Or you just get progressively better and then you have setbacks. It's it's a messy process. Nobody comes out knowing how to do everything and you're never going to feel comfortable putting yourself out there. Oftentimes, or I shouldn't say you, but many people will not feel comfortable putting themselves out there because they'll have a doubt that their skill level is high enough where they deserve to be paid for it. And that's another limiting belief because people don't always pay for the reasons that you think. You think, okay well, this person's paying because they don't know how to do video editing and I'm supposed to be the expert. Well, that's one reason somebody might pay. Somebody might also pay because they do know how to do video editing, but they just don't have the time to do it and they want to pay somebody else to do it. And maybe that person will give you a video that's already edited and say, hey, I just need you to do it this way. And then somebody will kind of guide you and help you. You just don't know until you start getting into these interactions. So there is no reason why you can't be paid for something at any level, even a beginning level, because at the beginning level, you might just be saving somebody time. Maybe you're doing it for less money. Maybe it's not perfect, but if they're not happy with it, you can always make a deal and give them their money back or just charge a cheaper price until you feel more comfortable with the quality of your work. Uh, There's no one catch-all answer to this, but everybody's got to start somewhere. And trust me, if you get somebody that's going to pay you for something, there's a lot of motivation to get better quickly. (laughs) It just is. So if you need extra motivation, sometimes getting that first client is the thing that will really kick things into high gear because now you have to perform. Now you have to make it happen. And you can use that as motivation as well. So I hope those tips were good ones for everybody listening and maybe you're taking something out of that. I was a, I went on a little bit of a rant there, but there's my answer to that question. Thank you, Karen. I've got one more 
question for you today from Angela. She said, hi, Jason. Love your podcast and all the advice you give out there to the world about traveling. Just booked my first solo trip to Thailand. I leave in two weeks. Congratulations, Angela. She said, I'm excited, but I'm also experiencing a lot of anxiety. I'm in the process of getting everything I need and getting everything done. She goes on to say, I do have a question about mosquito nets. I obviously want a really good mosquito net, but I realize the good ones are expensive and big, and I only plan to carry on a bag. But the regular ones that tuck under the mattress of the bed seem like they won't be reliable. Anyways, I wanted to ask for advice on this. Do you bring these with you? And if so, which have you used and had luck with? Also, another question I've been trying to figure out is that I'm only bringing a carry-on bag. How is it possible to bring enough bug spray and sunblock, etc.? I'm sure you can buy while over there, but just wanted to hear from an expert. (laughs) Thanks, Angela. Well, I think you answered the question here, and this goes for anybody listening for these things that you want to bring in these debates. Should I bring this? Shouldn't I bring this? Most things are available where you're going. Unless you're going to some really remote place straight off the bat, you're going to be able to get the things you need there. I don't remember specific stores in Thailand, but I'm sure they sell mosquito nets. And Oftentimes, where you're staying in places like Thailand, if there is a need for a mosquito net because you're staying in some kind of hut and that's something you would need, then more often than not, that's going to be provided by the place that you're staying, the guest house or whatever. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. I didn't bring a mosquito net anytime I was traveling through Southeast Asia. I never had a problem and never really needed one. That's a different scenario if you're camping outside all the time or you are bringing a hammock and you plan on sleeping in a hammock and you don't want to be bit by mosquitoes. But, you know, these small logistics aren't really things to sweat. Yeah, it's good to have the bug spray with uh, DEET and to have some good sunblock and everything like that. Just find the size that you can carry on the airplane. So you can only bring that much, but at least you have some with you to get started. And that's what I do if you want to have good bug spray and you're not checking a bag and you want to have these things, find that size that you can carry on that's under the restriction for the amount of ounces. I don't want to say what it is because they sometimes they change it and I like these things to be as evergreen as possible. But if they don't sell it in that size, then buy the plastic bottles at REI or any other outdoor store that are just bottles that you can fill up that don't have anything in them, then you can buy the bigger one and fill up the smaller bottle and get within that regulation and carry those things on. And then you have your stash, you have something to start with. And so you don't have to find things right away because that is annoying when you get somewhere and, and you have to run around and say, okay, now I have to figure out where all this stuff is. You don't want to spend the beginning of your trip just running around trying to buy stuff. So give yourself what you can to get started and then get the rest as you go. Maybe that'll last you the whole time. Who knows? Maybe it won't. You'll need to buy some, and then you can pick it up casually as you're cruising around different places. When you see it, you can be like, oh, okay, I'm running low on sun lotion now or bug spray or whatever, and pick it up. Don't worry about it too much. I don't have a brand of mosquito net or anything um, that I use. One thing I would say is also good to bring Uh, particularly when you're going to certain countries, if you go to a travel doctor and you're getting all of your vaccinations and things like that, then oftentimes they will give you a strong antibiotic if you request it or sometimes they offer it. And when you're going to certain countries, they do sell some of those things over the counter or some of them they don't have. And it's just good to have something that you know what's in it because I know there are some stories, uh, particularly in Southeast Asia and in certain places where you might have a certain antibiotic in a pharmacy, but you don't know exactly what's in that pill. There's no way to know. And if you want to have something that you know is going to work, if you get a sickness, then you can have your own medication with you just in case, just in case. So some of those just in case things like that, that might be a little more difficult to find elsewhere are also good things to bring. And this is bringing up a good idea, I think, for an article I should write about the things you should bring and shouldn't bring on a trip. So I'm going to add that to my idea list. Thanks for the question, Angela. I hope that helps. Bring what you can. Give yourself a good foundation. Pick up the rest as you go. No worries. Woo! Yeah, baby. 
That was fun. Did you have fun? I had fun. I just went off answering those questions. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed hanging out with me and listening to them. And I really hope that I was able to provide some value and some new ideas and perspectives when I was answering those questions. That was the goal there. I had a great time answering these questions. And I love doing these shows, but I don't know if you love hearing them. You have to let me know. This is a community-powered show. This show's here for you. If you want me to do more of these, drop me a line and send me a question. Just put listener question in the subject header and you can send it to jason at zerototravel.com. I want to thank Pimsler once again for supporting today's show. I'm going to leave you with a quote in just a second, so stick around. But don't forget, if you go to zerototravel.com slash easy and you are outside of the States, you're going to get a free lesson. If you're in the States, you can get a free seven-day trial to their monthly subscription service where you can pick any language you want to learn and get all of the lessons in that language for free for seven days. And if you decide to continue on, you just pay a one low monthly rate. And you're going to love these language lessons because they're all audio-based. You get little reading lessons as well that you can read right on your phone, but it's mostly audio. And you start speaking right away. You learn so many words and phrases so quickly It gives you an incredible foundation if you are going somewhere and you want to be able to chat with locals and totally enhance your travel experience. Or if you're already learning a language and you just want to keep up with it and learn new words and practice, what a great way to learn on the go. Pimsleur, P-I-M-S-L-E-U-R, is the name of the language courses. And you can do a little research on them if you want, but I've been a huge fan of this product for many years. And again, zerototravel.com slash easy. If you decide to continue on with that trial or buy any of the language lessons or anything like that, you'll also be supporting today's show and this show, this whole podcast. So I really appreciate that. And thanks to them for extending that offer to Zero to Travel community. Listeners, the caravan here. Thank you very much. Okay. Let me leave you with a quote here. This one from Malcolm Forbes. The smart ones ask when they don't know and sometimes when they do. Thanks again. I'll see you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.